Welcome to In Broad Daylight. Your host, Adam Todd Brown. On this episode, understanding your Trump supporting relatives. Hey, everybody. Welcome to In Broad Daylight. This is Adam Todd Brown. I'm your host. This is a show I do by myself every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, except this week we're only doing it Monday and Wednesday because it is Thanksgiving and we're taking Friday off. God damn it. Speaking of that, obviously lots of you will be spending tomorrow with a bunch of relatives you rarely ever see. And if my social media feeds are any indication, lots of you are dreading that inevitable moment when the dinner table talk turns to politics. Will liberal types returning to their Midwestern hometowns engage in conversations with their Trump-supporting relatives? Maybe even try to get through to them and change their minds? Or at least understand them better? I have no doubt that more than a few will, but I'm kind of skeptical as to whether it will do anyone any good. If you really want to understand your Trump-supporting relatives and understand why I say talking to them won't help, I'd say your time would be better spent reading a book. It's called The Authoritarians. It was written by a man named Bob Altemeyer. He's an associate professor in the psychology department at the University of Manitoba. Given how relevant it is to what's happening in America right now, this book is shockingly obscure. Uh, For example, there's no paperback or hardcover copies to be found on Amazon aside from like those really expensive ones that are available from third-party sellers. You can find it on Audible if audiobooks are your thing, or you can find a PDF version for free on Dr. Bob's website, which is so cumbersomely named that my best advice would be to just Google the authoritarians and click around until you find it. How the book came into existence is kind of interesting. In 1960... Arizona Senator Barry Goldwater wrote one of the defining books of the conservative movement. It was called Conscience of a Conservative, and for years, Goldwater was one of the key figureheads of conservatism. However, by the time the Bush administration had been running things for a few years, he'd found himself kind of disheartened with the direction conservatives had taken their cause. So he teamed up with a man named John Dean, who you may or may not recognize, probably not, as the Nixon administration official who blew the whistle on the Watergate scandal. And together, they started working on a book called Conservatives Without Conscience. And it was while researching this book that John Dean began looking for something that would explain the psychology behind conservative voters, and especially those who were willing to go along with the Bush administration's Uh, like wars in Iraq and support for torture and shit like that. That's when he came across the work that Bob Altemeyer did. And at the time, this work was only available in a series of dense research papers spread out over a bunch of different scientific journals. Uh, Not exactly the kind of thing that's accessible to the average reader. But Dean was so impressed with the work that he actually talked Altemeyer into turning it into a more accessible book version, which eventually became The Authoritarians, which came out in 2008. 
now, Barry Goldwater died before Conservatives Without Conscience was finished, but John Dean did finish the book, and he uh, released it in 2006, uh, so right in the middle of George Bush's last term, and he actually closes the book with a quote from Bob Altemeyer, who wrote The Authoritarians. And now keep in mind, this is Altemeyer talking about Bush supporters in 2006, and uh, see if it sounds at all similar to what's happening these days. Okay, here's the beginning of the quote. Probably about 20 to 25% of the adult American population is so right-wing authoritarian, so scared, so self-righteous, so ill-informed, and so dogmatic that nothing you can say or do will change their minds. They would march America into a dictatorship and probably feel that things had improved as a result. The problem is that these authoritarian followers are much more active than the rest of the country. They have the mentality of old-time religion on a crusade, and they generously give money, time, and effort to the cause. They proselytize, they lick stamps, they put pressure on loved ones, and they revel in being loyal to a cohesive group of like thinkers. And they are so submissive to their leaders that they will believe and do virtually anything they are told. They are not going to let up, and they are not going to go away. End quote. Now remember, this was Altemeyer speaking to John Dean in 2006 based on research he'd conducted way back in 1981. That research centers around something called the RWA scale. RWA stands for right-wing authoritarian. The right-wing part doesn't refer to a particular side of the political aisle, though. Uh, Instead, it refers to how likely a person is to follow established conventions and authorities. And according to Altemeyer's research, there are three components to an authoritarian personality. One, authoritarian submission. Two, authoritarian aggression. And three, conventionalism. In a 2009 article in Psychological Inquiry titled Three Kinds of Conservatism, a writer named Karen Stenner described the personality as such. Quote, Right-wing authoritarians want society and social interactions structured in ways that increase uniformity and minimize diversity. In order to achieve that, they tend to be in favor of social control, coercion, and the use of group authority to place constraints on the behaviors of people such as political dissidents and ethnic minorities. These constraints might include restrictions on immigration, limits on free speech, and association and laws regulating moral behavior. It is the willingness to support or take action that leads to increased social uniformity that makes right-wing authoritarians more than just a personal distaste for difference. Right-wing authoritarianism is characterized by obedience to authority, moral absolutism, racial and ethnic prejudice, and intolerance and punitiveness towards dissidents and deviants. End quote. And again, that sounds familiar, right? Keep in mind, this is all from years before we had Trump supporters to deal with in our lives. Anyway, as for the RWA test, uh, the test itself is pretty simple. Uh, Altemeyer has been administering it to incoming freshmen at the University of Manitoba for years now. 
and he's been using the results of those tests to conduct further experiments. Uh, we'll talk about one especially terrifying example in a little bit. Anyway, the RWA scale test is a series of 22 questions meant to trigger the submission, aggression, and conventionalism responses in authoritarian types. And the subjects are asked to rank a series of statements on a scale of four to minus four, with four meaning strongly agree, minus four meaning strongly disagree. I won't read them all to you, but the statements include things like, one, the established authorities generally turn out to be right about things, while the radicals and protesters are usually just loudmouths showing off their ignorance. Two, women should have to promise to obey their husbands when they get married. Three, our country desperately needs a mighty leader who will do what has to be done to destroy the radical new ways and sinfulness that are ruining us. Four, gays and lesbians are just as healthy and moral as anybody else. Five, atheists and others who have rebelled against the established religions are no doubt every bit as good and virtuous as those who attend church regularly. And six, the only way our country can get through the crisis ahead is to get back to our traditional values, put some tough leaders in power, and silence the troublemakers spreading bad ideas. Now, these are questions that he's been asking people since the 80s. If it sounds like it's geared directly toward one group of people who are in the news right now, that's because these are those people. And these people have existed fucking forever. It's just that, you know, their man is in power now. Or at least he might be in January. Anyway, there's a lot of information in this book. Uh, I can't possibly cover it all here. So, like I said, let me uh, share one story from it that I think goes a long way toward illustrating the difference between RWA types and the rest of society. At one point, Altemeyer set up an international simulation type of game where one side played as NATO against what they thought was another group of students playing as the Warsaw Pact. The Warsaw Pact side was actually Altemeyer and his researchers, and he set up some of the teams to be comprised of only high RWA types and others of only low RWA types. The game started with the Warsaw Pact making a series of kind of ambiguous moves like moving troops around or conducting military exercises when they weren't expected to. And the teams were told they could respond to these moves in whatever way they chose. But what they weren't told is if they acted aggressively, the Warsaw side would respond with twice as much aggression and an escalation in aggressive moves by both sides was the most likely outcome. Now, the low RWA groups tended to not perceive the Warsaw Pact's initial moves as a threat. Meanwhile, the high RWA teams, the right-wing authoritarian types, responded with immediate threats 10 times more often. And in more cases than not, they brought their simulated world to the brink of nuclear war. In one instance, they actually launched a nuclear war that killed more than 7 billion people. Uh, the people running the game then allowed them to go back in time two years to try and fix the mistakes that led to them literally annihilating the planet. And as soon as that new game started, the team representing Russia immediately invaded the team <laughs> representing China and killed another 400,000 people right out of the gate. 
and this in experiment after experiment, people who score high on the RWA scale were way more likely to not only be aggressive in their behavior toward people their authority figures had deemed a threat, but also the quickest to clamp down on free speech, no matter who was involved. Uh, one of the most interesting tests, they gave the subject a series of 12 statements. Half were the kind of thing you'd expect to rile up conservatives. Uh, for example, should books be allowed to be sold that attack being patriotic and being religious? Uh, the other half were the kind of thing you'd expect liberals to be worried about. Uh, one example, should a university professor be allowed to teach an anthropology course in which he argues that men are naturally superior to women, so women should resign themselves to inferior roles in our society? Now, you would think, well, in, in most cases, the low RWA types just kind of sided with free speech. Even if they didn't agree with what the person was saying, they were kind of on the side of the person being allowed to say it because that's how this country works. Meanwhile, uh, knowing what you think you know about conservatives and or Trump supporters, you'd think the high RWA types would have tended to be in favor of things like that anthropology professor teaching that men are superior to women uh, given their tendency toward conventionalism and obedience or in another example, the professor who wanted to lecture about how white people are superior to black people, uh, given that they are also really high on prejudice. But no, in every case except one, they wanted more censorship for everyone. It didn't matter who the target was, it just mattered that an authority figure wanted to shut someone up. Just a clamp down across the board with that one exception being the question of whether a middle school sex ed teacher should be allowed to teach that premarital sex was a sin. They were overwhelmingly in favor of that. Everything else, no. Shut that person up no matter what they're talking about. Which is kind of crazy, right? Uh, there was another test Altemeyer conducted called the Posse Test. And it starts with this statement. Suppose the federal government sometime in the future passed a law outlawing various religious cults. Government officials then state that the law would only be effective if it were vigorously enforced at the local level and appealed to everyone to aid in the fight against these cults, end quote. The, uh, the subjects were then asked to respond to the following six statements related to that previous statement and asked whether they would strongly agree or strongly disagree on the same scale mentioned earlier. Here were the six things they had to respond to. I would tell my friends and neighbors it was a good law. Two, I would tell the police about any religious cults I knew. Three, if asked by the police, I would help hunt down and arrest members of religious cults. Four, I would participate in attacks on religious cult meeting places if organized by the proper authorities. Five, I would support the use of physical force to make cult members reveal the identity of their other cult members. Six, I would support the execution of religious cult leaders if the government insisted it was necessary to protect the country. Now, that all sounds pretty awful if you're a, a normal-thinking American. That's not usually the kind of shit our government does, especially the uh, execution and physical force parts. At least it's not the kind of thing we're supposed to do. And as you'd expect, most people tended to say they disagreed or strongly disagreed with most of those statements. The RWAs, though, in most cases, 
barely disagreed if they didn't just go so far as to outright agree. And this test was repeated using all sorts of groups. Communists, gay people, the KKK, even political groups that right-wing authoritarian types at the time would be most likely to support. And in every case, they were more likely to go on the attack against a particular group just because the government said it was what needed to be done. Even when that initial statement was written to imply that they'd be rounding up and persecuting themselves, they still went for it way more than any other group. Fucking crazy. You'll also find a lot of insight into one of the more baffling aspects of this election when the book covers how right-wing authoritarians think. Along with traits like illogical thinking, tendency to ignore double standards, extreme ethnocentrism, they also tend to have really compartmentalized minds. In other words, their thoughts and beliefs don't necessarily connect in their head. So if you're wondering how Trump supporters could, for example, call for civil unrest in the event Trump lost, but also demand that people calm down and stop protesting now that he's won, that's how. They can be anti-abortion and pro-death penalty because those two things aren't even sort of related in their mind. They can say they love living in a country that embraces free speech and also tell you to get out if you don't like the way the country works and not for one second think that there's any sort of discrepancy there. Why? Because they love their leaders. They crave a strong authority figure to answer to, and once they think they've found it, their blind faith and dedication in that leader is unshakable. And these are the people who just elected our next president. Uh, they are the logical progression of a movement that began years ago and has just been festering and growing ever since. They were the same people who elected George W. Bush to two terms and supported all the crazy things he did. Uh, they spent eight years simmering under Obama because respect for authority only goes as far as your prejudices will take you. And obviously being black trumps anything else. And now they feel like it's their time again because they just elected Trump. Uh, talk to them all you want this Thanksgiving. You will never change these people's minds. You, their niece or nephew who's back home to visit after moving to the big city, are just another member of that group of rabble-rousers who don't even have the common decency to obey your elected officials without question. If their new president says we should build a wall and hate Mexicans and fear Muslims, that's just what we do now. Donald Trump was exactly the kind of leader this deranged segment of society has been looking for, and when he finally surfaced, they proved exactly how active and aggressive they can be in ushering him into power. Like I said, they can't be talked to. They can't be reasoned with. However, they aren't the entire country. As mentioned before, they represent 25% of us at best. So on the bright side, they can be outvoted someday if we just try, you know, as hard as they do. In the meantime, here's hoping their moment in the sun doesn't kill a whole bunch of people and ruin this country forever. 
Anyway, like I said, if you find yourself stuck with relatives you disagree with this Thanksgiving, instead of spending hours arguing, maybe read a book that'll help you understand them better. It certainly won't make you like them or respect them more, but still, it's a good read. Or, if you're the fuck reading type, you can always sign up for our subscription service at connectpal.com slash unpopularopinion to hear a whole bunch of episodes you haven't heard before and to get a whole lot more in the future. Anyway, thanks America. Happy reading and happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>